What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Matt, how's it going today? It's going well. Um, so glad you guys are joining us and listening to this podcast. Um, we missed you guys last week for Thanksgiving, but hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving with family or without family, you know, because a lot of people made that choice this mm-hmm. year um, to protect their family. But uh, we hope it was was good, was blessed. I know this is a hard holiday season, yeah, um, and sure. that's why we hope even to encourage you right now and to help you bring faith into your 10,000. And this last Sunday, Sawyer preached a dynamite sermon on worry, (laughs) which I think is really timely, Yeah, really timely as we're worried about COVID, (laughs) about the economy, about politics, about all sorts of stuff, Um, and uh, about our kids biting each other, or maybe that's just me. Um, Is is that a worry in your household, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) How do you teach uh, an 11-month-old not to bite a sibling. I'm not going to name which one is biting who. They probably have all <laughs> bitten each other at some point. But yeah, so uh, we have all these different things to worry about as parents, as human beings, as people working and all that good stuff. So Sawyer gave a great message on worry, really tied around, you know, the old uh, cheesy song that that fish on the wall saying, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, just that command to be happy isn't enough. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, be faithful, um, which I thought was really good, helped us remember it in our 10,000. Yes, yeah. don't worry, be faithful this time. Um, and so we're going to dive into that with some real practical questions uh, mm-hmm. that I have for Sawyer about his message and just to really help us. How do we in our 10,000 minutes be more faithful, um, less worrisome? But we did have a question from someone I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but I thought it was a really good question. So we're going to dive into that question first, and then we're going to talk about how can we actually overcome worry in our lives. So this question, as I paraphrase it, is basically, hey, I don't feel convicted for a a, a sin. People are calling this sin. Bible supposedly calls a sin. And this person says, hey, other sins that I commit, I feel conviction. I feel remorse. I feel guilty for, for doing and committing these sins, but not for this one. So why is that? That's that's the question. Mm, that's a Does good that question. Sense? Yeah. So basically, um, they're getting at they're getting at that if if I don't feel that something's wrong when when I feel so wrong for other things, I, I begin to question if that's if that's really sinful or not. Right. That's what they're getting at. Right. So let let me just ask you, Sor. Have you ever committed sin and felt bad about it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. I think you don't need to name any specifics, but yes, you can, <laughs> you can um, do that about eating that last piece of pie when it was promised to your wife, you know, you're going to feel bad about that. Okay. Um, let me ask you another question. Have you ever committed to sin and not felt bad about it? Also? Yes. 
<laughs> okay, now you have to name that sin. I'm kidding. Uh, you don't have to do that. So yeah, it'd be, the, it'd be a thing. weird game show. Name that <laughs> sin. No. Yeah, we we all have sins that we do feel bad about, and other ones that we don't. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, if we have a knowledge, like if we know that something is wrong, according to our family, according to the standards of society, or more importantly, according to God's standard, right? And we have that knowledge and continue to do it. It's because we don't feel bad, right? We want to do the sin, right? <laughs> Let's just be honest. If I, nobody would sin if they didn't think it was felt kind of good or you rationalized it or you kind of in your mind said, maybe it's okay. Mm-hmm. Is that Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would say <laughs> that eventually, I mean, if, if, the, if we didn't have the ability to rationalize or that sin wasn't compelling or all that sort of stuff, then if we felt bad while doing it, then, you know, we, we would, we would pursue stopping. Um, but the issue is, is that a lot of sin is captivating. It's captivating to eat that last slice of pie. It, it's, <laughs> we want to cuss somebody out and insult them when they cut us off in traffic. Um, we're tempted when we, when we see an attractive person walking down the street and we have, you know, eyes for them. We have, we lust after them. It's compelling. It's captivating. Um, and, and that's the difficult part is that often, I think a lot of what this stems from is that our desire to do what we want to do or to fall into the compelling nature of sin sometimes overcomes our ability to see it as bad. Sure. I, I, I think you're right on, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it feels good. Even in the scriptures, it says that in Hebrews eleven twenty five, speaking specifically about um, Moses, mm-hmm. it says that he, you know, he was obedient rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Mm. So there is a pleasure in in the moment that we commit sin, and that pleasure in the moment we can be like, this isn't that bad. And yeah. if we see other people doing it, especially if society says, yeah, this isn't that big of a deal, we wonder, well, you know, why I don't feel guilty at all. Why, why, why do I even call it sin? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's one part of it is that, yeah, sin can be compelling. We can convince ourselves that the, the good maybe outweighs the bad. But I think going back to the person's question is that if, if they're not feeling any sort of remote remorse or guilt or anything like that, I, I would ask them, I, w- I would say, what defines what sin is? Hmm. Does your guilt, does your, you know, that pit in your stomach, the knowledge that you've done something wrong, does that define what sin is? Or does God define what sin is? Hmm. And to answer my own question, I would say, independent of whether we feel guilt, whether we feel shame, whether something that in the moment feels really good, as it says, it's, it's compelling, it's captivating, it's enjoyable. Independent of all that, God still gets to define what sin is. And just because maybe for a season or for a time, or maybe even ever, we never feel guilt, God gets to define what sin is. We don't. That, that's right. And you know, in God's word, it tells us that this is going to happen in Romans chapter one, at the very end of that chapter, 
says in verse 32, although they know God's righteous decree. Mm -hmm. So this is for people like in your conscience, you know that there's a difference between right and wrong, unless you're a sociopath, right? Uh, Right. We all know that there are some things right, some things wrong. So although they know God's righteous decree, that those who do such things, sin, deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Mm. See, we, we sin, then we start telling ourselves that what we're doing is okay. And then what we see is we're starting to tell other people it's okay. We even celebrate sin. In our society, sin in a lot of different ways is celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- we could talk about how that relates to sexuality, but another one is workaholism. Mm, yes. You know, it is even like a badge of honor to like have a heart attack or an anxiety attack because you've worked so hard. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard people like brag about that. Oh yeah. Like I had to go to the doctor. I'm just working so hard. They told me I had to take some time off, but I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> and you know, they, they're trying to like, right. they like, Oh yeah, that's just my problem is workaholism. Like we celebrate that. We admire the people that in our society that have abandoned children and ruined marriages, destroyed families and friendships uh, chasing after the almighty buck and working all the time. Like Steve Jobs is one of the greatest people ever. And his like a strange daughter would beg to differ. Right. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sorry to name, name Steve Jobs. It's a little unfair because he can't defend himself, but we, you know, uh, we could put ourselves in there. Right. So both have tendencies to workaholism, but our society is like actually working really hard is good. So we have, like it says, we have in our society approve sin. We, we celebrate sin yeah. and that makes it even harder for us to feel bad about it. Absolutely. Like I kind of feel good. People admire me for mm-hmm. this, this sin I have in my life. So that, that is a really challenging thing. So does that mean then Sawyer, if someone doesn't feel bad about the sin that they have committed, does that mean they don't have the Holy spirit inside of them? Cause the Holy spirit's job is to convict us, right? Mm, that's a, that's a good follow-up question. I, and I would say that that's one of the Holy Spirit's jobs. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> the Holy Spirit can be speaking, can be convicting, and sadly, or maybe uh, difficultly, we don't have to be listening. Um, we can still have a true, authentic um, relationship with Jesus, be saved, have our salvation, have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Um, but I'll just speak for my own life. Just because, <laughs> just because I'm a follower of Jesus, I know I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I don't always listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I still mess up. I still think sin is captivating, you know? And so I, I don't think we, I mean, there's legitimate questions that we have to make sure, you know, that we've had that um, true relationship with Jesus, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But just because of this instance, if maybe we don't feel guilt in this area or, um, I think we need to pray that, that God would continue to transform us, to sanctify us, to make us more like Jesus so we can listen more to the Holy Spirit. Um, but absolutely, we can still have the Holy Spirit inside of us and um, not feel some guilt for some sin because we're, we're, we're works in progress. That's true. Yeah, because think about it. I, I love that Like, just because the Holy Spirit's saying something doesn't mean you're listening. Because yeah. so has there ever been a time where someone has spoken to you and you didn't hear them? Oh, all the time. Yeah, uh, I can tell you with three kids and a wife in my house, there are many times where 
uh, something is said and I did not hear it. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let me ask you another time. Have there, has there been time where you've heard something, but you didn't listen? Yes. <laughs> yeah. My wife would absolutely want me to say yes in this moment. She'd yeah. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who has a relationship uh, knows that. Okay. Yes. Has there been times where you have listened, but you didn't do it? Right. Yeah. I, I absolutely <laughs> heard what you said. I processed it. I acknowledged what you wanted. And then it still was like, nope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, or yeah, you even say, yeah, I'll do that. And then you forget or you oh, get distracted. Yeah. So in, in our relationship with God, which we have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. like that's what's you know, essential to our relationship, yeah, absolutely. Our, our religion, you know, our faith is about this relationship we have with God, the Holy Spirit's inside of us. The Holy Spirit may have said something, we might not have heard it. Um, we might have heard it, but we didn't really listen. Mm-hmm. We may have listened, but we didn't actually change anything about us because of it. And right. the same thing can happen with our life. So that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't inside of you because, oh, I didn't feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Hebrews 3.15 is an incredibly important mm, yeah, warning yeah. for us incredibly important warning for us. It says today, and it's quoting the Old Testament, but but it's for us today as in New Testament Hebrews. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Right. Today, so right now, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So this means that we can harden our own hearts. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most terrifying things in the world. The fact that we can harden our hearts to the point where we think our sin is okay, or everybody does it, or it's not that big of a deal. It's not really hurting anybody else. Oh, it's between two consenting adults, or hey, in our society, it's okay, even if it isn't in that society. We find all these different ways, and then we've hardened our hearts. We don't feel bad about it. We can feel good about it, celebrate it, everybody else is celebrating it, yeah. and then we are in rebellion, and it's a terrifying place to be. Yeah, it is. So if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And perhaps maybe somebody's listening to this right now and you've been wondering, is this a sin? Is it okay? This is the Holy Spirit perhaps talking through me. I believe the Holy <laughs> Spirit does that. The Holy yeah. Spirit's done that in my life. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, listen, mm. obey. Amen. Amen. Listen, obey. That sin might be sin. And it's maybe the Holy Spirit right now convicting you, mm-hmm. even if you don't feel bad. There you go. So there you go. That's our question. A little bit of preaching today, a little good old fashioned um, <laughs> preaching on sin. Um, but yeah, so so let's let's transition now, moving away from this question to worry. And, and I guess that could be something that causes people to worry. Yeah. You, you told a great story about you being sick with a stomach bug a few yes. weeks ago. I yeah. love that in your message. If anybody hasn't listened to the message, go back and listen to it. Um, be, don't worry, be faithful. Is that the title of the message? I just titled it, it right. Don't Worry, question Don't mark. worry. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, you had that great story about like, hey, you had this stomach bug, you, and then you took it all the way to like the nth degree, right? Yes, so, to, that it would eventually like get my family sick, get my mom sick, um, get people at the church sick. We'd have to stop going to church, and then the church would have to shut down. So that, right. my, <laughs> that my little stomach bug would bring about the end of our church. And, you know, it's, yeah. there was a few chuckles in there. I laughed because I've done the same thing. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I worried when you told me you're sick, I'm like, oh no, it's COVID. We're going to have to shut down. We're going to be in the news because it's going to be a super spreader event. Yep. And there, you know, we're not going to have any church anymore. So we do that with all sorts of things mm-hmm. um, with, with health conditions. Okay. You know, oh, that, that red spot on my arm has been there for a little while. Oh my gosh. It's got right. And then cancer. you go to WebMD and then you find out yeah. that you have cancer. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. It's all these different things. It could be, I have lupus. Um, I'm going to die. And uh, yeah. And I haven't gotten my life insurance in order yet. So mm-hmm. things are really bad. You know, all these things that, that your mind can wander. So I think all of us would say, yeah, that's a waste of time. I don't like it. Right. Um, we saw the statistics you said, Sawyer, on Sunday. We, we know that it, it doesn't really make any difference, even if we do worry. So practically in our 10,000 minutes, how do we yeah. change that? How do we change that? Oh, I, thought you were, I thought you were pausing for, for effect. <laughs> how do we change that? Um, well, I, I think we have to start to implement the things that I began to talk about on Sunday. So that physical... Um, act that we did at the prayer at the end of opening our hands and then make that a daily practice of saying, starting your day of saying, God, these are the things that are on my heart. Um, and then maybe, maybe doing that physical sign of saying, God, I give this day up to you. I give those things that are on my heart to you. And then imagining I, I, I there's, there's power in um, like imagining things being taken out of your head. Hmm. So if you, if you like imagine like, okay, I have, this is my worry about, you're listening to this on a podcast, but right now I'm holding, if you imagine like you're holding your worry in your hand and you set it, you give it to God, God's got it. He's going to take care of it. And as silly as that may seem, there's been studies that that's really helpful to have that physical imagery of being like, you know what, God, you have my worry. I can go about my day. You've got it. And that's really easy to say, but that really develops practice over time to be like, whenever that worry begins to seep in, whenever your mind starts to churn, whenever you're faced with a situation that you didn't expect, or you get the test results back, or or you get the phone call that you didn't want to get, whatever that looks like. When the Bible says to pray continually, I mean, it, you can pray continually, like just be in constant contact with God as things come up, just give it to him right away. And, and it's, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I love that idea. I, 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 as you were talking, I got that image from Harry Potter in my mind. Oh yeah. yeah. You, you know, you were talking about taking the thing out of your yep. brain. There's that scene. I don't even, I'm not a huge Harry Potter. Me, so me neither. Yeah. Somebody send me an email and like, let me know like what the magical spell is, but they like take memories out of their brain so that right. they can like watch it like mm-hmm. on the, I don't even know what it is on the screen. I know, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, they, and it, yeah. Like looks like electricity coming out of the brain. I, I like that. Just imagining that. And, and, you know, we use our imagination and our faith because we cannot see the unseen, but mm-hmm. we're called to do that. So I think to use our imagination that way, I think it's a great idea, Sawyer. Just think, hey, I have this worry in there. I'm going to try that now. I'm going to try thinking of that. And I'm going to just imagine that little like wizard wand you know, <laughs> sucking that memory out. And I'm like, I don't need to worry. That worry is go. now gone. It's in God's hands. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we start talking about prayer, because I, I did want to end on that. Sorry. Okay. But, yeah. But before we did that, I had a couple questions for you. Sure. So if someone is worrying all the time, they're mm-hmm. like, I'm a chronic warrior. I wake up worrying. I wake up in the night worrying. I'm in night sweats worrying. Uh, uh, you know, I, I woke up the other night. And for some reason, this was a nightmare. I had quit this job and I had not planned anything. So I was like, how am I going to make money? Like, why, why would I even, that's just a worry dream, right? And you right. wake up and you still are worrying. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's just stupid. But if that, if I do that, does that mean then Sawyer that I lack faith? Mm. Yeah. I mean, so when I was discussing in my message, um, 
yeah, I kind of placed that it's not necessarily worry and happiness that are odds at each other, that it, it, it is worry and faith. Um, mm-hmm. But I think our tendency when we hear that is that, and, and when we think of faith at the scale, we're, we're going to have ebbs and flows in our faith. Absolutely. Um, but simply because we're going through a difficult situation that we're worrying about something that, um, you know, we're stewing in our minds that it's keeping us up at night does not mean that God is any further away. I think we have this idea that just because our faith is ebbing and flowing that, um, with that God is responding to that. So like when our faith's really good, like God is with us, like everything's going well, um, you know, God's going to listen to our prayers and, and make things good for us, all that sort of stuff. So we think that, but we also think the opposite, that when we're wrestling, when we're doubting, when we have questions, when our faith feels really low, that God is like, oh, so you don't want anything to do with me? I'm just going to back up. I'm just going <laughs> to um, separate myself. Like, I'm maybe not, not going to listen to your prayers. And, and to be honest, I've had times in my life where it feels that way, where it feels that way. Um, but the reality is, is that God is not changing. God doesn't change. (laughs) We do. Our faith may fluctuate. So when we're worrying, we may have less faith than, um, when, when things are good, when we're really trusting. Um, but the reality is, is that God never changes. I, I I love the way that, um, that what Paul is, is speaking in Acts 17, And he says, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. This is Acts uh, 17, 27. And he says, though he is not far from any one of us. He's speaking to people that have no belief in God. And he's saying, you know what? God has done all these things. He's acted in the world. He's done all these amazing things to make us realize that he's never far from any of us. So though our faith may fluctuate, I would say that in moments of weakness and moments of worry, our faith is pretty low, but that doesn't mean that God has abandoned us at all. It doesn't mean that God has abandoned us at all. What it does mean is that we need to pray and we need to offer it back to God to get back to a position to replace our worry with faith because God isn't I think that's good. Us. I think that I think you're right on like, yes, it does mean that you can grow in your faith. Like this mm-hmm. is an opportunity for growth. Absolutely. We we shouldn't just say, well, I'm a worrier. Oh, I just learned to worry right. like this from my mom because she mm-hmm. was a worrier or I'm just a mom now, you know, or uh, I'm a dad. I'm always going to be worrying about, you know, protecting my kids or whatever. So we we can do this and we just come up with excuses to be a worrier. But God is asking us to grow in our faith. Right. I think that even the, like that passage that you preach from in Luke, it's like Jesus is like, I know you guys worry. So let's talk about it. Right. Um, let's grow in our faith because God cares about us. Let's trust him with these things. Mm-hmm. Like the examples that Jesus uses, like, um, don't worry about the clothes that you're going to wear or the food you're going to eat. These are like essentials. Right? Yeah. Really basic stuff. Yeah, this is not like, do you have a good enough Wi-Fi connection, right? The things that we worry about, uh, you know, uh-oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only have eight rolls of toilet paper right now and they're running low at the you know, grocery store. That's the kind of stuff we worry about. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and they're not even essentials for living, whereas food and clothing are. Um, and yet Jesus says, hey, even those things we should trust him with. So it is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. Absolutely. Um, another question then. We have listeners right now who struggle with anxiety. Mm. And they're like, hey, I have this anxiety issue. I've even gone to the doctor and I have medication for it or I've thought about getting medication for it. So, Sawyer, if, if people are on medication for anxiety, does that mean that they are just faithless sinners? No, absolutely not. I I, I did I tried my best. Now, it might have slipped out a couple times when I was, um, you know, listing synonyms. But I think there is a difference between worry and anxiety. This this intense um, mental health issue, um, because all of us worry. We, we all have things that are going on in our lives, but often our worry is temporary. Um, it's, it's maybe limited to our mind. Um, but anxiety is this intense, ongoing, long-term period of, um, of anxiousness, of, of fatigue, of being broken down by the things that are going on in your life. Um, and absolutely, um, if, if medication, if, if you go to a doctor and they recommend that medication could be a helpful part of your solution um, to, to work through the issues that you're dealing with, I would say absolutely. Um, that doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian, um, that God is disappointed in you. Um, God hurts. Um, God wants to see um, the things that are going on in your life, this, this anxiousness, this anxiety, um, I had a period in my life where um, I dealt with anxiety. It would keep me up at night and um, I would just lay there and wouldn't be able to sleep and ended up going on medication myself and, and found it really helpful. Um, and so obviously don't just go out and get medication, like go seek help of a mental health, a mental health professional, a therapist, um, a doctor, and um, we would love to pray for you. So if that's something that you're wrestling with right now, if you're in the midst of that journey, trying to figure out um, what this next step looks like with your anxiety or your depression or anything else going on in your life. We would love to pray for you. So if you reach out to us, you can do that on email, um, strap at arisedenver.com or mwolf at arisedenver.com. We would love to pray with and for you um, because we know it can be really easy to feel alone um, when you're wrestling with a lot of these things. Um, but to circle back, absolutely. Um, God is is with you. He loves you. And um, if if medication is, is part of your journey to work through this, then that's that's a step that you should take. Yeah, and if I could recommend maybe a, a couple books on this, absolutely. Subject. Yeah, uh, if there's anybody who's a crazy reader like me, um, <laughs> if you're even just wondering, because I know a lot of times followers of Jesus are like, "Hey, I do maybe need some help medically for this, but I don't know, and I don't want to go to a doctor that doesn't care at all about the spiritual right. side of my right. life." Um, if there's a book called the anxiety cure, it's a pretty mm -hmm. short book and it's actually shorter than it looks because a lot of it is about prescriptions. Um, but the anxiety cure by Archibald Hart, he is, um, a, a trained, I want to say psychiatrist, um, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but, but he does have a degree. He can prescribe medicine, but he <laughs> talks about that. And he talks about the spiritual side of things. I think he was a professor at Fuller seminary, mm -hmm. brilliant guy. I love his books. 
But that's a good book if you're like wondering about that medical element. If you do want to learn more about the spiritual element of, of anxiety, there's a book called Anxious for Nothing by Max Lucado. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible book. I mean, Max Lucado and all his stuff is good, but that, that's a really helpful one. And it's from that that I actually gave a message on worry mm-hmm. that I, I, maybe we can link to it as well. This was from a few years ago. The, the name of the message um, is replacing the habit of worry. And it's part two of the contentment series that we did in 2018. So you can go back and find that on our YouTube channel. And I'll make sure to put it down in the show notes. So if you click down in the description on this podcast episode, I'll make sure it's down there too for you to check out. Yeah. And it's just an extremely practical message because it's, it's from Philippians 2, 6 and 7, where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it's very simple, like, Hey, you have been this habit, and this is really what it is. It's a habit. There's something that happens, and that cue starts you to worry. Mm-hmm. Our normal habit path is to take that cue and lead it to worry. Okay, um, I had, you know, I heard back from the doctor. They said they want me to come in. Okay, boom, that cue comes. You start worrying. You get on WebMD. You're down the rabbit trail. You're going to die. Um, so that's one direction you can go, or you can learn to replace that habit because it's the cues are still going to be there. And I'm going to take that cue that normally leads me to worry Mm. and I'm going to replace it with the habit of prayer. And, um, I I think that's what God wants us to do instead of worry, just pray. So take it and say, God, I'm really worried about my health. Would you protect me? Would you heal me? Would you give me the strength um, and, and give me the peace before I hear back from the doctor about what's actually going on? Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that you're constantly worrying about, is it a work thing? Is it a money thing? Is it a kid thing? Is it a health thing? Whatever that cue is that's setting you down the path to worry, replace it with that habit of prayer. Like you said, like being prayer continually. When I wake up in the middle of the night now and I worry, it used to keep me up all night. Now I'm like, mm, now I got a new prayer list to start. <laughs> um, and I honestly fell off that this summer. Like, when I gave this message, I was like really getting into that habit and I was doing really well for a while. And then I stopped And this, this year, 2020, I think for a lot of us yeah, started me just worrying. I would wake up in the night and, and worry like for me, like every other night, it was the end of our church. Right. Um, and you know, it can, it can do that. And I just, even over the last few weeks, I'm like, I'm getting back on this prayer bandwagon. Yeah. So I wake up in the night and I pray and I, I pray myself back to sleep. There you um, go. You know, I, I think of the person who's sick, I'm praying for them. I think of the the person I haven't seen in a while. I haven't heard from him. Oh, no, do they not like me anymore? I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, just whatever that thing is, instead of turning it into a worry, and, and just pray about it. And and what I do, and I encourage everyone to do it, pray yourself to sleep. It's okay to fall asleep when you're praying. I, I, <laughs> I honestly <laughs> think that's a good thing. And, and that's what I did. I did it last night, Sawyer. I woke up at who knows when in the middle of the night. I started worrying about something, started praying, and I was asleep, you know, so. There you go. That, that's what I would say. I, I loved your message, Sawyer. So hopefully we can help you now in your 10,000 because we all worry. Yeah. Let's try some of this stuff practically to deal with it. If you need help, it's okay to get some help with this mm-hmm. because there are biological, neurobiological reasons why we're dealing with anxiety. Yeah. Um, if there is worry, let's take it as an opportunity to grow in our faith and perhaps replace that habit of worry with the habit of prayer. There you go.
Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope that you can begin to implement those things in your life. And we're so excited to hear about how God is moving in your life, transforming your worry into deeper faith in him. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church, Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at arisedenver.com give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and then the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.